Hey there, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of Tricky Kid Radio. I am your host, as always, Roy Turner. Got a great show for you this week. Very excited to bring you. We have actress Lorelei Linklater. Uh, she's going to be joining us a little bit later. Uh, I have a special co-host uh, to my right. Uh, is also a fellow podcaster, influencer, and just all-around badass. We have Lauren Deadman. Lauren, welcome to Tricky Kid Radio. Thank you for having me on the show. So, Lauren, uh, you know, we, we, were, we were talking before we went on air here. I wanted to, you have such a, a, a great uh, platform that you're, you're doing uh, that's going to be, uh, I encourage everyone to, to check this out and tune in. Uh, first of all, tell everybody a little bit about you first. So, you tell everybody, like, you know, how, where are you from? How old are you? All that good stuff. Yeah. So, I am 23. I'm from Arkansas. I graduated from the University of Arkansas in Fayetteville. Right. I moved here because um, in college, my major was broadcast journalism. That's right. And Dallas is top five market for radio and TV. So not only did I want to get out of the Arkansas like country environment into like just a bigger city, but I just felt like this was a bigger opportunity for me to reach out to people, um, to network, and to also get my business and podcast started. And, uh, you know, and it's one thing we bonded over because it was so funny because, uh, you know, I, yes, yes, ladies and gentlemen, here's a little background is I was born in Little Rock. Yes. And I, I remember you telling me that. That's right. That's right. And I was, and I, I uh, we moved here whenever I was about 13. But one thing that was interesting was that when you and I first, uh, when me and, of course, and Jossie is also going to be joining us a little bit later, you might have heard uh, in the background there, I know you all y'all been writing in and asking about how Jossie's doing and, and about Miles. Well, you just heard Miles' uh, podcast uh, debut uh, right there. So hopefully Jossie will be joining us here in a, a little bit later. But we, you know, when me and her met you, and we were asking where you were from because you have such a such a unique, uh, exotic uh, appearance, and so we were expecting you to say something like, you oh, know, yes. like Turks and Caicos, <laughs> or or uh, you know, or, or you know, not because you have any sort of accent, but you have a you have a very almost kind of European, uh, but almost Caribbean kind of thing. And so the last thing I thought I was going to hear you say was, I'm from Arkansas. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people are shocked about that. But yes, that is exactly where I'm from. Um, so I actually got this idea of um, doing this podcast um, just sitting in my apartment one night and just thinking that I need to do something because most of my classes in college were like geared for local TV news. All right. And I hate that. I was like, I cannot see myself just being in front of a camera, just talking about a local Walmart opening, like adoption day at, you know, right, a pet right, store. Right. So it's just like, I, I just want to do something that I'm going to be excited to wake up, you right, know, and right. like do. And so my favorite show um, growing up, and I know this is going to sound like horrible, no. but it's um, Sex in the City. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so... Um, late night, if my mom would let me stay up a, um, a couple extra hours later, we would like watch Sex in the City together. Um, so with me like being younger, I really didn't understand a lot that was going on. But with being like 23 now, that's like, you know, that's a really good show right, for, right. for women. So I wanted to have something similar to that, but podcast form. Okay. So if you've ever like seen the show, I don't know if you I have. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. they have all these like relatable moments that every woman can relate to and they're like open they're raw about it they are 
friends that just talk about anything and that's how I feel like women are especially when we're with our girlfriends for sure for sure and I feel like a lot of people like um underestimate women they like don't think like we like I guess have balls enough to say this or like to do that but I feel like we do and we talk about this when we're amongst each other right right so it's like I wanted to create something that was going to be an outlet for women to be able to talk about the subjects sex men all of that right without being judged and just feel comfortable talking about it because that's like what we do you, any right. anyway yes would you say that, it, that it's fair to say that, that it's a show kind of like sex in the city that kind of inspires that type of freedom meaning that like i mean sure since the show is uh, you know typically about you know obviously often you know their sex and love lives and and their everyday lives but would you say that it's fair to say that if you were to watch that show with like you said like your mom who's obviously you're close with or maybe three or four friends that kind of creates this this dialogue that kind of inspires that type of of talking so what so what you're saying is, is that you wanted to have something outside of that where it's like a podcast where people can 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 do that yes okay basically and so as i'm like just putting all my ideas together and just thinking you know like what more can i do to just like be unique and stand out in a different way than than sex in the city right right right. um i've come to like um come to think that what i really want to do and i don't know if i told you this um is I think it's more important and people get more of it if you hear people's stories i think that people love to hear you know what other people went through like their perspective on things just and i feel like you can relate when people tell you stories yeah for sure for sure so what my um concept that i'm like thinking right now for my um podcast which i have not um said the name but it's rated XL. That's what I was, I was going to say. Was, yes. was, was it, tell everybody, our listeners, what is the title of the podcast? Yes, it is rated XL. Okay. That, that's that's a catchy title. Yes. That, that's very, very grabbing because, of course, people are going to hear the word rated X. Yes. Uh, but, it, you know, it's going to go, well, what's that? But what XL it seems to be extra large. Yes. I feel like I just like put my own little twist in it. Um, it really doesn't have like a meaning, I guess. Like right. the. But it's a great title, though. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just figured, like, it makes it more broad. So if I did want men to be on the show, that I could. Right, for sure. So it doesn't have to just kind of just be, like, you know, uh, what is it, the, on the, the O network or whatever. Yes. But here's my thing. Okay, so let's say that if me, you, and Jossie were to watch, a, like, a ball game right now, I, I'm, I'm not going to be different in terms of like like I'm not sharing my personality with the two of you but if if it was three of my guy friends here and we were watching baseball and you guys weren't here the dialogue's going to be a little bit different it's just a natural thing so that's kind of what I mean is it so you're you're saying you want to kind of create something that inspires that it's all inclusive but also can kind of inspire that little um, niche that, yes. that, that creates that. Yes. What are some of the things that you're hoping to, to, some of the topics or some of the things you're hoping to accomplish in terms of content on the show? Okay, so um, for the most part, I feel like I am a good girl. I see um, stuff um, in the world and especially like moving to a bigger city that women do. 
and um I've always been interested right. in all of that, but I'm I don't have like the balls <laughs> to well, do all of that. Well, like what? Like 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 like. So to be, um, I guess, like more specific about it. Um, so one example that I like to give um, everyone is like um, with me just being in the service industry and right. cocktailing. I've met a lot of girls and like the bottle um, service industry um, strippers. Um, escorts um sugar babies like and i say this and i don't want the whole show to be about that but um it will be that contact regarding sex but um i want to know their stories so when i say like a sugar baby we know exactly what they do you know but we don't know exactly right. what well, they you, do. You and I know that, but for our listeners, tell them what a sugar baby is. So a sugar baby is um, a young girl that just relies on an older man for bills, okay. clothes, like financial yes, support, financial like support, one. everything. And um, in some cases, she might be sleeping with him. In some cases, it's not. Right. Just so, depending on the situation. And so that. so what, what, would, what would depend on that? Um... I really think that it's just like I guess the boundaries that the girls are are willing to cross right. with um, the men, and for with me moving to Dallas and just being in uptown, I feel like um, a lot of girls are doing right. are doing that now. Have you ever been approached for, if, or been been offered a situation like that? Um, I have. You have. Yes, okay. and you're sort of used and it, it it's hard because it's like you i want to say like you're sort of used to it and i don't know if you're supposed to be used to it but right. it's just like sort of the world that we're in now so how did it make you feel when you got approached did you feel offended or or, or or were you when you were asked or or proposition i guess you would say were you already aware of a sugar baby dynamic or and you we were expecting it almost or, or how did um, you feel about it i never get offended because that goes back to what I'm think, what I was saying earlier that like I am a good girl, so I can never see myself p- participating in that. Okay. But okay. I've always, in the back of my head, wanted to know what is that life like. Right. Sure. Sure. So my um, curiosity about wanting to know about that, and I know like a lot of girls that who don't participate in that, they we want to know. Right. For sure. So I want to be that person to ask all the questions that people want to know. And like an air it uh, right in that way, so that they can maybe have a little bit of an informed thing. Uh, I, you know what? I, I, do you think that for you, like, there, you know, any of that information is going to be so valuable because it's, it doesn't it doesn't exist. You're literally creating a a, a platform that's really that doesn't exist. So that's why I think, and and also it's an important one that should exist. Yes. For you, why do you think? And again, when we say "good girl," we don't want to be judgmental because that would suggest that those oh, the girls are bad. The ones ones that actually that actually that do, do that, yes. Okay, that's true. But, Which I don't judge. Okay, and but, I I feel like that is what's gonna help me connect to the girls that I interview because, like, that's just some of the you know examples, some of the topics that I will be talking to. But it's like I. I accept you for who you are, that's right. that's and right. I just want you to be able to be comfortable talking to me to you know for you to tell your story. Right, right. And 
So yes, but what's I didn't cool mean to say it, like I guess like well, bad. Of course not, and, and of course you know we do have editing. Oh yeah. Video, mm-hmm. right? um, but what's interesting to me though is is that at the same time you also have your own story because even if you're not comfortable or whatever uh, participating in or having some sort of agreement with with, with somebody to, to to be a sugar baby yourself, yeah, it would be different with me interviewing somebody that was a sugar baby because I, I wouldn't even know what that was like yes. to to be approached or or propositioned for that. You would. So in that sense, you already kinda have a perspective mm-hmm. that is that would be different, let's say if I were interviewing them. Yeah. You see. So that that's that's currency. That's value. Thank you. Um, what are some of the other topics that you're, uh, you, you said, uh, you know, about the sugar babies and there was some other things you were, that you were, you were saying. So I have like that whole, um, area, but I also wanted, like I said, it to be like, just an open discussion for women just to discuss anything. So, um, another thing that I feel like is very hard and for young girls and the society that we live in today is like, whether like just knowing that your hard work pays off, um, I just remember my last year in college, like my senior year, and I just remember like hating to go to class and I was just like ready to graduate, ready to get this over with. And you go on social media and you see, you know, Kylie Jenner, she's 19. You see other 20 year olds like just having so much money, like riding around in their, you know, Lamborghinis, like having their, you know, Fendi bags, all this. Right. And you're like, I am doing the right thing going you know to college four years getting a degree and then these women have done nothing but like shown their bed on instagram (laughs) (laughs) yes and like have like surpassed me like completely so i feel like it's hard for women right now like growing up to just see that that what you're doing is right you don't have to you know, wear skimpy clothes and post it on Instagram to get where you need to be. Right. But it's hard okay. when you're going through. And that's not to shame anybody that does, though. You no. Know? Right, yeah. Because I, I like, I, I'm a fan of the Kardashians. And, like, you know, like, you see them and you're just like, what some of the stuff that they're doing? But <laughs> you're just like, you know, like, for me, it's hard to, to hate on that. Because it's like, that is, like, what everybody in the world wants to be. But it, it can get you down if you are not... In terms of comparison. To what, yes. Yeah, that, that, that's a good point. But I, I wanted to say this. Is it... You know, I, I couldn't imagine what it would be like being, you know, a 20-year-old female right now. Uh, especially, you know, ever. But especially right now. Because, like you said, I... You know, when I was 20, the, the as a male, we weren't there weren't these comparisons. There weren't this weren't, weren't this big pressure. Social media hadn't been wasn't around. So, talk a little bit about that because that's something that's hard for me to conceive. Because from my perspective, not to be cynical, but I would be of like, well, well, gosh, is it really that hard to discern between seeing that is this obviously this kind of fantasy world that isn't real that was clearly all that was given to them but i think that 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 but you know you could you can say that all day long about how how cut and dry that that would be and it should be a simple thing like well that's that and this is you and you shouldn't have to compare it but that may not be the experience though what the experience is is that young girls are actually feeling like if they don't aren't doing something at that level that they're not having 
the same value that they would. Yes. So you want to, what you're saying is you want to encourage them to, to, to be able to have a very clear discernible difference that that is something at the fantasy world. This is the real world. And the real world is work hard to get where you want to be. Right. Right. And I'm, I'm going to say this, like it is almost a fantasy world, but for some people like, I don't, um, like black China, um, Amber Rose and like Cardi B, these are, um, entertainers. Um, they didn't come like it didn't come to them like how it came to the kardashians but you think like black china she is kardashian status but she was a stripper you know okay and so then it's just like okay well not for me speaking but for other people it's just like okay well should i out of college became a stripper then went to college because that's what she did and like she's in la you know like she has her life there set right yes and like i am still like you know trying to find and become like who i am trying to be you know do you think it becomes a a moral thing though because again like i said there's i don't have we've had everybody on this show we've had porn stars on this show we've had we're all inclusive if if it's important there was a uh i'll point to people to in our to our archives there was this uh not to digress but there was this epidemic of uh, uh and it's kind of relevant, relevant to what we're talking about there was this epidemic of um that apparently is still happening of these young performers uh that were committing suicide there was a, a massive i mean like this was happening like weekly and because of kind of what you're talking about the comparison thing uh and and being stigmatized uh, was causing this. So I'm not, uh, you know, our show isn't, you know, sex-based. It's fun-based. It's, yeah. it's, it's what we call infotainment. So I'm not going to discriminate uh, towards any industry. Yes. Uh, and I felt it was important uh, to have some of the survivors onto the show to talk about this, to shed light on it. If there had suddenly been a epidemic of, of uh, stock market working women that were committing suicide i'd have them on too yeah so i can't be like okay well the, st- the wall street people can come on my show but if you're a sex worker you cannot i would never ever do that you know um we have a show coming up there is uh uh talk about also about race uh as well it's uh there's a, a thing called the the urban x awards and it's uh it's a, a way to it's all inclusive and it's to celebrate uh, you know, performers, people who, I, I have a podcast. I make money off the internet. You make money off the internet, you see? And and that also includes sex workers who make money off the internet. But it's, the idea is that it's not this very, um, you know, kind of exclusive kind of club. It includes, it's for all. It includes everybody. So it's important for me to, to use this format to shine a light on that kind of stuff here. So I'm glad of what you're saying about it. But I wanted to say this to you is that when I mention morality, I don't, I'm not talking about morality in the sense that, that, that sex and porn or stripping or, or sex work and all that is bad because I don't believe that it is. Mm-hmm. What I do think is, is that it's what you're willing to do in terms of what your end game is. So if, if somebody is choosing to be a sex worker or be a stripper but her end game is because she's doing it to go through college or she's doing it to to survive or or whatever but if if the end game is to 
to achieve something that I would say is 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 not important or isn't real, which is uh, fame and some sort of narcissistic thing. I mean, because one thing that lest we forget, Kim Kardashian. Uh, road to to, uh, Six. to success mm-hmm. or fame was a, a sex tape, yes. and and that sex tape, the success of it, which should have destroyed her career, and the same way it was designed to destroy Paris Hilton, who was her friend that who got her on the scene in the first place. So where so here we have who you know, and then here we have a sex tape that was designed to destroy her, right? But instead, it it skyrocketed her career so much so that I know talent managers that were suggesting to their clients to do a sex tape I mean I mean again it's not about morality but there's and that's not about sex work that isn't about that but there's something insane about somebody purposely making a sex tape so it can be and I'm making quotation marks with my fingers so it can be found to elevate my career at that point I don't think that's about sex work that's about some sort of toxic fame searching thing yeah what what are your thoughts on that I feel like that is just at this point that's the price that everyone is like about willing to take because that that is all we see and like me personally like right now I'm going through this like Instagram break I can't like I can't handle it anymore you know (laughs) I'm just like I need a break from this I need to like not see any of this because it's it is toxic a little bit you know and you just need to like step back and just realize that like this is not my life you know like and this isn't probably their life either it's just like a little picture that they took at a moment of their life and put yes and put it on social media but I feel like it doesn't register in in the young minds to to see that you know so all we see is like this is what she's doing this is what i need to do to get to where she is yeah and if that is and if that is like doing whatever then that's just what i have to do to get there so you're saying that your show is going to be a format that could be an alternative to that i just want it to be i want girls like the girls that are um upset like about like how things are like that you know i want them to talk about that i want like you said the strippers that have like a um like a in game right? in game yeah. yes i want them to come on and like you know say like yes i'm doing this but i have other plans you yeah. know well, and then i want the strippers that yeah. don't have an right. in game right. i want her to say like this is what i'm only thing i've known to do this is what i'm going to continue to do and it's just like it's no judgment you know we just like just want to know that's right for sure so i just wanted to just give it just open discussions just for everybody to just voice their opinion well i think that's i think it's outstanding and i again again this is going to be a great 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 thing that's again it doesn't it doesn't even it really exists no not yet all this is like it's it's coming soon i cannot wait to like actually um just like get in the get the equipment, get in the studio to do, you know, what I really want to do and just be personable with everyone just so I can connect. I want the girls to be able to trust me. I feel like that's what I'm like very, that is my gift for people to feel comfortable talking to me and just like let, let loose, you know? Right. I wanted, 
so this is so exciting because I'm so excited to, to actually to hear this because again it doesn't even exist. I mean, like this is such a a powerful and important, but also again entertaining uh, format. So when can people uh, be able to hear this? Yeah, so it's coming soon. I'm planning on um, actually like launching for people to be able to hear it um, sometime in the fall. Fantastic. Yes. Fantastic. So I haven't came up with an exact date, but it is like coming soon for sure. That's awesome. That's awesome. And so we will, I have a bunch more questions I wanted to ask you. We're going to take a quick break for a second. We're going to have to pay some bills here and talk about some of our, our sponsors and, and also where you can find out more about our, our co-host Lauren Dedman here. Uh, first of all, we, we need to thank Bulletproof Coffee. We thank you so much uh, for uh, keeping this show uh, caffeinated and energized and uh, we, we appreciate your sponsorships. Um, to also to Whole Foods um, and and also, we have uh, uh, lots and lots of great stuff coming up here. We also wanted to thank uh, Bosphorus Symbols. Uh, they are a, uh, a Turkish company uh, that have uh, have been making uh, all your jazz drummers, uh, including uh, my old man, uh, Claude Coleman Jr. from the band Ween. He is sponsored by uh, Bosphorus Symbols, and we, we thank them so much. Um, also, Lauren, again, where can they find, speaking of, of, the, of the social medias, where can, they, where can they find you on social media? Um, right now, you can find me on Facebook with my name, Lauren Dudman. And, and you are taking an Instagram break. But, yes. But once, once that's once been recovered. Once Instagram is, once I get done with that break, um, my Instagram is I am Lauren D. Oh, that's tied. That's strong. Yes. I, I am Lauren D. That's yes. cool, man. That's cool. Uh, I was a lone holdout uh, for, uh, you know, of course, my, my wife, Jocelyn, she was on Instagram. And so she was uh, like, okay, you need to get on this. And so I was like, all right. So uh, I was like, but I'm only going to follow you. And like, and so, <laughs> and it hasn't quite worked out. I've had to kind of follow a few other people and, I, and I'm, and I'm open to following more. I was like, well, gosh, I already follow you on Twitter and Facebook. Why do I have to, uh, you know, talk about my, my, you know, you have people in your life where it's so weird. It's kind of like, I've known you for 20 years, but if I don't follow you on Instagram, it's like it's suddenly that's the status of our friendship right yes. you know that's not that's not real life but uh but yes but uh but we have a lot of fun there you can go on instagram and find me there at dj tricky kid that's dj tricky kid that's like my, my alter ego when i'm in hip-hop mode and scratching records and stuff and so uh but you of course go to itunes look for us type in tricky kid radio podcast it's tricky kid radio podcast click the subscribe button you'll find shows just like this each and every single thursday and it's free man and it's awesome and, and uh i know you probably hear other podcasters say this but you can't imagine what the uh rating and reviews do for us uh not only does it give give us life and help us get more sponsorships but it really gets the, the message out there and gets the show out there so if you want to subscribe that'd be great and then while you're there give us give us a five-star rating if you love the show give us a good review whatever you want to do to spend an extra couple of seconds and we really appreciate it uh our youtube channel is really taking off we've had a lot of uh, a lot of fun check out uh brian head welch from the rock band corn we have a great video up right now there with him uh we also have joy belladonna from the rock band anthrax uh and lots and lots of great stuff coming up speaking of uh actresses and and and, and hometown talent we have a whole showcase with megan dalby she she is the star of a new movie that just came out called Edge of the World. It's a great, 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 great film there. So check us out. We're there is Tricky Kid TV. That's Tricky Kid TV. And we'd love to see you subscribe and join the party there. Uh, again, uh, Twitter, we're Tricky Kid, the number two. 
And then on Facebook, just type in Tricky Kid Radio Podcast. I also have a DJ Tricky Kid page there as well. Uh, We're going to keep this theme going of local hometown talent. Uh, There's a great singer-songwriter. Her name is uh, is, uh, Liz O'Connor. She is fantastic. Uh, She has just put out uh, her, uh, her solo record. She's a great uh, children's artist. And, you know, in keeping with our theme here, because, uh, you know, we're brand new parents. Uh, and again, we want to thank everybody that's been writing in and asking about Jocelyn, how she's doing, uh, and also asking all about Miles. Our mission to Miles is complete. He is here and he is wonderful. And you may have heard him a little while ago uh, trying to steal the spotlight, as he will always continue to do. But uh, Lizza is a great Dallas based artist. She's, uh, again, she's a children, she sings children's songs and has some great stuff um and so i'm gonna play this song right now this song is called miracle uh and it's off her latest release look for her on uh, on facebook she has a page there called liz o'connor music and you can just google it and, you, and her stuff is available uh online and i'm and she's got shows booked and the whole bit so definitely get on board with liz it's, it's great stuff uh this is from her latest this is called miracle I play Juno Eclipse in The Force Unleashed, and you're listening to Tricky Kid Radio with Roy Tanner. 
a great song. I think Miles is going to love that whenever he gets a chance to listen to it. I can't wait to play it for Miles. He's uh he's just now getting to a place where uh where you know he he loves hearing music. Of course, Jocelyn is a is a uh, you know, a professional violinist, and so she plays, you know, violin for him and and stuff. So I, I'm excited to do that, and I'm glad that Liza is doing that. She's a, she's a, she's a, a great artist and a great person, and uh, and entertaining the kids uh, all around there. Uh, so again, we, you know, like I said we do have Laura Lee Linklater uh, coming up, so stick around for that. Uh, she is uh, again a, an actress that you've probably seen in Bomb City. I know you saw Boyhood. We're going to talk about yes. that here in a little bit. Before we do, I wanted to. Um, there was one thing I wanted to say. Something else again about uh, your podcast that's coming up. Again, it's called Rated XL. It's going to be debuting in the fall. It's going to be a very, very unique platform. Again, starring my co-host Lauren Dedman. And, you know, and you know, you said something earlier. You were talking about you know some of the like like, like a while ago made me think about it. like when you when you were showing me your phone just now. Like in, like like your like I mean obviously you have the ability to. If you know, I guess like you, you would say what they call, I guess, a pretty person's job. Do you know what I mean? Like yes. you, you could, you could obviously, you look like a movie star. Thank you. You could model. You could do whatever you wanted. And, and you said earlier, and again, the words that you chose were were good girl. And again, we don't want those out there. You know, dissing Laura <laughs> and accusing yes, yeah. her she's a slut shamer and all that <laughs> the crap. But, um, but you said that obviously. There's no way you haven't. Uh, obviously, uh, I, I can completely imagine you being approached in the profession that you're currently in to have like a, a sugar baby, or you could really could use your looks and your looks only. Uh, and again, and not there's anything wrong with that, but you have chosen uh, to kind of do both. Like you know, you, you know, it's it's great that you're attractive, but you're also working hard. So when you were approached for some sort of or proposition in a sense a how did you handle it um i i want to save this for your show i don't want you giving away too much of that on my show but but what i mean is what was the ultimate decision for you of why that wasn't for you i just need to like think for a second um I think my ultimate decision on um, why I chose not to participate in um, in the whole sugar baby, sugar daddy thing is just I have always been raised to just work hard for what you want. Right. Before um, my grandpa died, he just always just like um, tried to put in my head that whatever you don't work for, someone can take it away from you. That's true, yeah. So for me, yes, it would be easy for me to just take, 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 take. Right. But then, you know, like you have nothing that's really yours. And the, and at the end, when you look at it, it's all material things. But I feel like you haven't done, um, you don't have anything for yourself. And so I just want something that I know I did, I created. It has my name on it and no one can ever take that that's away right. from me. That's so right. that's, that's right. like my ultimate decision on why, like, I choose not to just like I guess I don't want to say pride but it's just like I just would rather work for everything because I just just don't want anything taken away from me but also you're a creator you know what I mean and so what you would be creating and maybe for you in that situation would be something that you would have to hide perhaps yes uh, or something that you know or you're spending a lot of your time um, not creating you're becoming subservient which that doesn't mean that 
others that are doing it aren't capable of creating it. They've just have prioritized differently. Yes. And like I, um, knowing girls in that industry, like, um, I know they have like the reasons why they do what they do or whatever. And I know they're, they're smart. They've gone to college. Like, so I know that they have plans, but it's just like, yeah, it's just something that I would right not do but at the same time you know a lot of people there's this debate back and forth like is sex work actually actually work you yeah know what i mean is do are the adult you know porn stars or performers like i said the the dancers strippers whatever i i, I don't want to some people t- take the word stripper as is, is, is offensive so i just try to cover okay. all the bases there uh but you know they would you know the sugar baby thing seems like that's more of a of again of a, of a pretty quick handout but but there's this debate back and forth you know you probably know what what cam girls are you know you know you know what a cam girl is yes. right and so uh you know the cam girls and 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 people that do sex work uh, they would be the first one to tell you that this is a lot of work. This is, you know, this is, I'm working my ass off for this. And you may even have heard the term of like the, the trophy wife who claims that she, you know, that she earns every dime of that because of the, and I, and yeah. I believe them. Yeah. This with me being, um, a cocktail waitress, I see, um, like I have to deal with a lot of stuff in a restaurant, you know, yeah. in a bar. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, I can only imagine what, bottle service girls have to deal with with you know um exotic dancers have to deal with right. so exotic is a better word yes you, yes so i i know that it's not you know like easy right Se- sex work anything like i know it's not easy you might think like okay well they're not pretty much doing anything but it's you have to deal with a lot you yeah, know for sure and so like i have respect for all women that have to do anything to get the income that they need to get whatever they need so it's just like always respect but it's just something that i would just not choose to do i see so so would any of those professions be anything that you've ever entertained the idea of pursuing um probably like in like fun with like talking to like my girlfriends or whatever like just thinking like in college like man if i don't pass this right. you know this test <laughs> like i might right. have to just say forget college and like let's just do this but and honestly i just feel like i am just such a hard worker and i yeah. have always known what i want that it's just hard for me to like let anything stop that so for sure for sure you know and it's kind of like you know you know if these tips aren't getting any <laughs> yeah i feel like i always have to like i i feel like when you're a cocktail service you're like at the bottom of um like that industry like that's what i wanted to ask you because, because it's all sort of similar okay but you're just at the very bottom. Like I still have to deal with them, and I still have to deal with a lot of s- similar stuff that um, the, all the other girls have to deal with, like the exotic dancers, bottle service girls, but just not to the extreme. Well, okay. So let me ask you this: then. So is there like a? I've always felt like, and I'm glad that you mentioned that because I I always felt like there was like a hierarchy. Mm-hmm. Is there some sort of hierarchy in that industry? It's almost kind of like high school, meaning like the really good-looking girls are yeah. the bottle service, service people, girls, yeah. and then the girls that are just the cocktail waitresses. So if this was high school. The the, the girls that are, are at the very, if if there is a hierarchy here, who is at the lowest? Who is at the highest? Let me think. Um, because like I don't, I don't, I feel like, like bottle service is at the highest, unless, and it's just really like weird, unless you like. I'm trying to think. 
um because they battle service might be the highest and i'm trying to think like maybe because i want to say like like sugar babies i feel like they're up there too it's like even though they're not like in the industry but they they are though i see okay but but, but just in the terms of of the service industry okay (laughs) it would be bottle service top and then yeah cocktail waitresses and is there is there a middle one a middle (laughs) um no, I feel like that's all there is, is like bottle service girls. Or maybe like a bartender or something as well, like, you know, or... But regardless, what we're saying here is that cocked, uh, cocktail would be the band nerd, okay? The bartender would be perhaps the girl that kind of sometimes gets invited to the, <laughs> the, the, the jock party. But then but then the bottle service girl is that insufferable head cheerleader, Later, yes. mean girl. Uh, you know, being a DJ and DJing for 20 years in all these clubs, I've always have loathed that whole, look at me, I just over, I paid, way overpaid for some, and I even bring it with like a freaking like a uh, Roman candle or like a sparkler. Oh, you know, yes, you know. with all your bottles. Right. Yes. It's like, hi, I, you know, and all it is, it's just disgusting, toxic level. And I'm sorry, I'm sounding so judgmental here, but it's just this toxic level of, of narcissism of look at me. I, uh, not only did I spend a shit ton of money on liquor, it doesn't matter that I overpaid for this liquor. The fact is, is that I can overpay for yes. liquor and not give a shit. Yes. And I want you to know that. And so because of that, I am going to make this big fucking spectacle of it with all the, the, the hottest girls and bring in the bottle with this Roman candle shooting out of it. <laughs> yeah, like, like let me draw all the attention here uh, to a guy like me who grew up dirt fucking poor, okay? <laughs> uh, to me, all that seems to me is is like, okay, you are so uh, in need of attention uh, that you're willing to pay any price for it. And Or I would look at it and go, well, the only way you're going to get those girls around you is, is if, if you do that. You do that. Uh, but, you know, but, but here's, here's the deal. It's like, that's why... I'm older, and I'm not that old. You know, I mean, I'm just in my early 40s. But I, uh, but it's just it's one of those things where it's like I think that I'm the majority. I think that people automatically think the same way that I do about that. And yes. what I've learned is is that I'm. <laughs> Might I'm, be the minority. Well, well, I mean, maybe among 40 year olds, I would be the majority. Yes, but among people that are your age. Uh, they don't want to hear that shit. They they want to be that guy popping yes. the bottles, man. Yes, you know, that's I like mean, all I mean, we I sort mean, of care I know, about. I know that. Yes, and that's the that's what I'm trying to say. Was that's kind of the toxic level that we've reached. Social media has allowed us to overshare and overshare and overshare to the point that we're just fucking numb. Uh, to the point where instead of having our own free will and our own guided path. In terms of like my own hopes and my own dreams and my own art and my own thing, it's like I have this pressure to keep up with strangers. That you, yeah, people you don't know, but you want what they want, and so you're just like, it's like an addiction or something. Like you just want it so bad, so willing to do whatever. Right, and so your show is going to be an alternative that where it's going to shit's going to get real with Lauren, okay? Where people can can actually can can kind of tune out that or actually. 
because you can't actually say what you really think. When you see the girl, oh, hi, bikini uh, person, narcissism, Instagram model person who, I mean, that's a real thing. I mean, there's people who actually are getting fame and, 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 and everything else just from Instagram. Yeah, because because the the path used to be would require you'd have to actually you know pay to get headshots and you had to get an agent and then you'd have to to go to you know on these look sees and and you'd have to have you know parents that were willing to kind of bankroll all this shit. Now all you have to do is just you know get a look good in a bikini and, t- and t- take, take, a a, take a picture and you're good to go yes. right so that also creates the fact that anybody can do it so the competition is is even fiercer so i love it that you're providing a a, a format and a place where people can can get real and really talk and hear their stories and just really create a sense of community because i think that instead of what social media was designed to do is create a community but instead it's divided us it's yes. it's isolated us it's you're only going to see what i want you to see and i and what i want you to see is that i'm doing better than you and that creates competition which creates this toxic level for young people that don't know how to discern the difference we have Laura Lee Linklater she's the actress she was the star of Boyhood uh, that was directed and written by her father uh, Richard Linklater Uh, this was an incredible film that was filmed and shot over you know, many, many years. It was like 12 years of, you know, of like a, of, of, of a kid's life. And we're going to get into all of that, but uh, she actually ha- is an artist and she has this art gallery uh, that's coming up at the New Republic Studios. It's going to be being viewed from now until the rest of the year. And I'll let you hear it from her. So without any further ado, let's welcome Laura Lee Linklater. Button there. Uh, it's good to speak with you again. We actually had a great conversation, you and I, uh, when you were uh, here in Dallas. For oh, the, yeah? Yeah, for the Dallas International Film Festival. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, when Bomb City uh, was was uh, uh, doing, um, was showing there at the festival. You and I had a, had a great conversation. Yeah. Uh, so I was looking forward to speaking with you uh, again today. So uh, where where are you right now? Are you in Austin or are you? Yeah, I'm in Austin right now. All right. So. Uh, for the time being. <laughs> <laughs> right, sure. Um and I mean, it's it's so hot in Texas. If you can get out in July and August, I, I highly recommend it, of course. Um, talk to me a little bit about what you're working on uh, right now. I know you've got a lot of stuff happening. So uh, what, what's been going on? Uh, well, let's see. I, I have a couple perspective projects on the horizon. Um, one of them is a, a thriller called Hard Water. It's a... I don't know, it's it's action-packed. It's going to be shot here in Austin uh, at New Republic Studios. Then after that, I'm uh, working on a neo-noir film in um, Los Angeles called Six Cigarettes. Um, as of now, uh, I'm, I don't know. I, I've been I've been doing a lot of... I've been kind of in between, in between roles. Uh, I've been working on my artwork and uh, just, you know... Right. But I'm I'm really excited to uh, do more work in the future. Um, how did the how did the collaboration with New Republic come about? Uh, it came about um, well, Ben Snyder, the director of uh, Hard Water, um, brought me to the studio to um, I don't know, kind of just just see where we were going to be filming and. Uh, 
I don't know. I met Barry and we really got along and um he he just um you know, we've been working together a little bit on some press stuff, but the the collaboration well um they're using the studio for the film I think because of uh because of Tommy who uh knows Ben who Right. I guess they yeah, I don't know. But I'm very, very excited to uh, film there. It's a great, it's a great, great complex. We were down there uh, earlier this year. Uh, we actually had uh, Mindy Raymond on the show, and we did a full tour mm-hmm. of the uh, the facilities there. And of course, uh, Barry is a great guy. And and also, they're going to be uh, featuring some of your artwork there. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, they are. I'm very excited about that. So that's a great uh, kind of kind of a kind of a one-two punch there. Not only are you going to be, you know, obviously, you know, shooting and filming there in such a unique location where you can, and it, it's right outside the city, so you can have fun and like blow blow shit up and stuff. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, uh, I was surprised. I'd never heard of it before. It's it's a great place. And then now your artwork will also be on the wall, so it also kind of gives you a bit of a platform to be able to kind of showcase, and also uh, people that come through there can also can kind of see that uh, and kind of kind of mm-hmm. see well, what is inspiring you right now in terms of, of the artwork that you're doing. Um, inspiring to me, you mean like where do I derive my inspiration? Well, yeah, I mean when, when you go when you get ready to paint, there's got to be something that's kind of you know kind of filling your heart with with with, with that inspiration right now. What what is it? Um, I would say uh, the um, the stark beauty of of, of light lighting capturing um my goal you know in a lot of my paintings is to uh is to ca- is to capture light right. to paint light realistically um i like um i don't know the juxtaposition of of planes uh empty like abandoned landscapes um texture um i don't know i i like to like the the concept of desolation, right? Uh, really, like I don't know. I I paint because of um, I guess kind of a, a need inside me, like to anecdote some unnameable sadness, um, capturing or you know mimicking mimicking reality is kind of uh gives me a sense of control in a in a um what feels like a chaotic void right and it's a chaotic time right now <laughs> you know mm-hmm. uh, do you find it is. do you find that geography plays uh, a factor into what you paint like when you're let's say in, in Los Angeles versus when you're in Austin uh yeah yeah it, it does for sure um I I base all my landscapes on photographs I take myself um so I take photos uh different places I have paintings that are based on photos from all over all over the country um and yeah the the geography is a little bit different um it's not always easy to tell where it was because I I focus on um 
you know, places like, like, urban, uh, like, just kind of like, um, dingy places, like gas, behind gas stations or dark streets and stuff, so it's not always super evident, uh, where it is, but, yeah, there, there are a lot of, um, there's a lot of variation as to where, where I, uh, base, base paintings are. If so that makes any sense? <laughs> it, do, it does for sure. But I was just kind of wondering, like, like how you found that voice, though. I mean, was it? I mean, was it something that you obviously you felt the need to do? Uh, but when you decided to act on it, what was what was what was that moment like? Um, well, it's hard to say. You know, I've I've been taking a lot of photographs, uh, and just just by things that I don't know stark beauty that I tried, I just, I wanted to capture. And, uh, I don't know. I just, it just kind of came together. Like I, I have to, I have to paint this now. Like I didn't really think about it a whole lot. Right. Just like, just like I'm, it would just seem so, so obvious. Just, I'm, I'm going to paint this just came out of me. Like, like well, that. It wasn't, yeah. Well, any good art. Of- yeah, any good art. You can't really plan it. It just that's 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 what makes it special. That's what makes it beautiful. It, mm-hmm. Right? Is it, it's just the inspiration is there, and then it, it comes out. Talk to me about again uh, this film you're going to be shooting at New Republic Studios, which is again right outside of Austin, out there in I believe it's. Am I saying it right? Elgin, Elgin. How do, how do you? Yeah. Yeah. Elgin, I believe. Right, and so what? What is going to be uh, some things that we can look forward to uh, seeing uh, with you in the in the film? Um. Well, let's just say I've never done a film quite like this before. Uh, it's 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 like a action thriller set in the desert of Mexico. Um, it's well, it features strong female leads. I'm <laughs> I'm one of them. Uh, basically, this woman who has a bunch of really really terrible things happen to her um <laughs> but but no it's it's more than it's more than that it's uh i don't know there's an element of uh like gang wars and um i don't know there's a lot of tragedy my husband gets shot um leaving me pregnant and alone uh my goodness for myself against the um forces of the, the evil drug lord Esteban um, and uh, I don't know I hover near death at certain parts of it uh, I'm not I'm not doing the best job at summing up the entire plot but um, <laughs> well, no it should be a, right? a very very powerful movie um, I'm really really excited about it I've never quite played a part like that I, I tend to end up playing roles that are uh, I don't know, not too far removed from myself. Right. Um, this one, I I think I am going to have to, like, I don't know, I'm going to have to uh, think a lot about, about the, like, this character and, you know, work, work towards playing her. It's a, she's a, she's like a American socialite that is, uh, I don't know, she's, she's classy. She comes from a rich family. She's like, Maybe a little bit snooty towards the beginning. Right. Um, I have to, I don't know, figure out how to portray a character that is maybe not the most likable 
um, to where it, it maybe it's it's a little bit funny when bad stuff happens to her, but then she she gains um, more. I don't know, knowledge and experience as the movie goes on. Uh, I guess I'm kind of trying to see it as like a, a Gone with the Wind type of um, wow. transformation. Wow, <laughs> not, yeah. Not it's on, <laughs> on the scale of that, not saying the movie is, is like that. I'm saying it's just like, uh, you know, how Scarlett O'Hara goes through. Right, yeah, no, no pressure it's, there. <laughs> when, she, when she faces hardship. I'm, right. I'm kind of trying to trying to see it like that. I don't know. <laughs> well, I don't think it's but, great. I think that's great because it's it's like like you're saying it's like you're exchanging uh, perspective, uh, you know, for experience, and then in the viewer uh, is along for the ride, right? Yes. And and speaking of which, when you say that a lot of the characters that you've played before uh, are just kind of not too far removed, maybe just with maybe like the volume knob kind of. You know, it's you, but again, like at, at a higher volume. Um, I was going to, what were some of the challenges of you playing the character Rome in, in, in Bomb City? I know we already covered that oh. and, and we talked about that. Uh, oh, yeah. But, uh, but I, I, wanted, I wanted to know that from you. Is it how closely are you to that character? Very close. Yeah. Yeah. Rome and Bomb City was not, not far from reality. All the other, like, the other people, like the, the four other punks, um, you know, they they changed when from um, you know character to uh, like when they they changed out of costumes, they were different, you know, different people. I pretty much didn't change at all. Right, right. Like it was funny, like the 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 person she was based on, it, you know the the girl from the nineties who was actually at, you know, cause they were all, they were all based on real people. Right, of course. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I didn't really, I, it didn't look a whole lot different from her and <laughs> Rome wasn't a whole lot different from me. So, you know, that one was, that was an, an easy one. Just like, <laughs> um, yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. I mean, well, you've yeah, always... I, I love that role well you know you've always had this you've had this very striking style uh like for, yeah for a very very long time i was i was wanting was curious as to what is what is your inspiration behind your style um well that's a it's a good question it's uh it's changed over the years but uh, i'd say i don't know i've um sort of uh, crafted my style to the effect of um, I don't know combining elements of um, punk goth grunge and um, you know the the more the modern day mod style right all together uh, into kind of my own hybrid uh of all all of those, I don't know, and also sometimes a sometimes a that downplayed a little bit to uh, fit in with the world, but still be that I don't know. I like I like um, I'm inspired by older like costumes of the early 1900s and uh, things like that. So, but you, um, but you say that, that there's also has been, you know, I mean, you're, on one hand, you're like this, like 
emo anarchist, you know, but you said also like it's been met with a little bit of compromise in, in a sense. What would what would you at your most unrestrained uh, in terms of, of fashion? What would what would some what would that look like? Mm, that's a, that's uh, well, it's a good question. I um, I suppose it would be well. I, I would I would have a lot of a lot of different outfits. <laughs> um, <laughs> they they would be well. Let's see. I'd have to think. Um, hmm. Well, uh, <laughs> sorry. No worries. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a big one. I have to. I have to think about that. Well, we, uh, we can come back to that one. How about this? Since since you grew up uh, in Austin, right? You were how how dialed in were you to that kind of punk kind of DIY thing that was happening uh, there? You know, in your adolescence. Oh yeah, I was I was very um, very dialed in uh, in in high school. A lot of my friends were punk. They made their own clothes uh were very very creative with that sort of thing um i would modify some of my own clothes i'd take like antique um antique dresses and things and like rip them up to make um make them into other other stuff um, what about the uh, what about, about the music though? I, I of course am also a, a fellow Texan, and so for me, when I think of Austin, you know, I think of you know of the punk scene. I think of when when I was coming up, like the Butthole Surfers and Scratch Acid and and the Big uh-huh. Boys, things like that. So what you know, you were you were you're what you're 24 now. So you were in high school just you know six or seven years ago. So for you, what was the the local? Austin kind of just punk thing in terms of music for you? Hmm. Let's see. Well, that's a hard one. Uh, well, Austin being the music capital of the world, I mean, were you going to shows a lot? Were you going to emos? Were you going to stubs and all that? I mean, were you kind of a part of that? Yeah. Yeah, I went to shows. Um well, I was like to tell you the truth, I mean I listened to a lot of um a lot of older music. Like I, I was really into like I don't know, the cure and depeche mode. Um like 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 uh early early goth type music uh tom waits right um cave and then in terms of like uh in terms of punk music i like I, I would go to shows and i would um you know like it, it, like um enjoy them but i i wouldn't um like like to me punk music was kind of like a a, a social social thing right uh, I I listen to a lot. I listen to metal, um, like uh, all all different kinds of metal. Anything from um, a Cradle of Filth to Dragon Force. Nice, to fun. Meshuga, yeah, yeah, fun. I, I didn't. I did not stick entirely to punk. Like, um, 
I don't know. Well, your your da- your dad, of course, is famous for being a, obviously a seventies. Uh, you know, he grew up in the seventies, or you know, digging that kind of that good classic rock stuff. He's you know, obviously he's yeah. Um, how much of an influence uh, would you say? Would you say that your the kind of the God thing was a rebellion because you, in terms of like seventies classic rock and Depeche Mode, that's a it's kind of a right turn in there. So would would you say that being around that was an influence or on what you listened to in terms of embracing it or what you rebelled against? Uh, well, I'd say a little bit of both. Um, I don't, I would not say my, my, um, musical inclinations were a direct rebellion to that because I, I did grow up on classic rock. Um, I really, I, I love classic rock. Me too. I will oh. always love yeah. classic rock. Me too. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I do. Uh, it was just kind of a, I don't know, a natural mutation of um, my explorations of stuff. I mean, For sure. David Bowie was a big, like, uh, kind of t- like a, a staple throughout all of it. Uh, my dad would play David Bowie when I was young, and I kind of grew up on it. And I, uh, you know, he prevails through all of the all the different genres that I like. Well, yeah, um, it's it's pretty much a one stop shop with Bowie, right? It's, if, yeah, <laughs> he's got something love, for everybody. Yeah, he's ultimately, I think, probably uh, one of my favorites. So ever. So, talk to me a little bit about your experience with Boyhood. Because I wanted to know, um, you know, obviously this was shot over a very, very long period of time, literally, literally half your life, um, even current or even when it, gosh, when it aired in 2014, it was more than half your life. Um, when you guys were shooting it during that period, were, were you aware of this project? I mean, I mean, you knew your dad was working on something, you knew that you were a part of it, but how much were you in on what the big picture was going to be? Uh, I don't know. We started when I was very young, so, no, um, you know, we were not, we're not aware of the whole scope of it. Uh, I mean, we couldn't really be at nine years old. Of course. but didn't really have the capacity to understand what, like, what a, what the concept and... All the stuff. But what did you think was happening? I, I mean, like, I mean, like when he said, "Hey, we're going to do this," and you're like nine, and, and even a little bit older, like as a, as a teenager, what did you think was happening? Um, I don't know. It's not like I, they they told us anything that wasn't wasn't true. I, I think I had a fairly fairly clear picture on what they were doing. They were, uh. Well, they were making a movie that they filmed a little bit each year, and then they would turn it all into a thing. And, I mean, I I had a concept of the future and what was going to happen in the future, like, that it was going to go on till I was 21. I couldn't really comprehend that amount of time. But, um, <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, I thought it was, I mean, I, I, knew, I knew what was happening. I didn't really think, stop to think about, like, how many people would see it or if it would be um, like a 
something <laughs> a lot of people saw. But was, or but was terribly it, embarrassing. But was, so it so, but was it something that you would you would ask about? Like, I mean, because like there was such a long period of time between when you would shoot. Would you ever get? Would you forget about it, or would you get curious about it, or like would you say stuff like, "Hey, you know, Dad, hey, what happened to that thing that we did a few years ago? When are we going to do that again?" Like, that's what I'm interested in knowing. Is is were like were you prompted to do it, or was it something that was continuously on your mind? Uh, I wouldn't say it was continuously on my mind, but, um, yeah, I, I would be curious throughout the year what was going to happen in the next year. Um, I really regret to this day not bringing more to the table in terms of, uh, I don't know, coming up with stuff for my own character, uh, contributing to ideas for what could be happening. I sort of just was passive and didn't just let them decide everything for me. Well like, um, well, like you said, you were a kid. I mean, you, I mean, yeah. So, I mean, there, there's a lot yeah. of, there's a lot of things that I, I do the same way. It's like, I, I'll, I learned that the talking heads played some show whenever I was 12 and beat myself up for not going, <laughs> you know, it's like, it's just mm-hmm. one of, it's just one of those things where it's like, you know, you have to really embrace the idea. Well, you know, I was a kid. I didn't have quite the, the capacity for, you know, what I have now, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, now there's also, uh, uh, you also have a couple of things also currently in pre-production. There's, uh, when we burn out and we, the, uh-huh. and we, the coyotes, uh, mm-hmm. talk to me a little bit about, about those two films. Uh, well, when we burn out is that that's a project that's very, very close to my heart. Uh, me and my best friend, Vanessa Plaw kind of, um, brought it to fruition. It's a, uh, well, she, she's a, the director and co-writer of it. Uh, she likes to consider it a, what is it she calls it? A, um, psychedelic comedy. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever that means. Right. Um, it's, it's a, it's ex- an experimental movie, but it's, uh, I really could not, could not recommend it more. Um, once it comes out, it's, um, a lot of, well, it's a, it's about a group of friends who were, well, they were actually played by, um, like our real, our real friends. And it, it's a really special movie because of that. Uh, there's a, a lot of crossover to reality. Um, it's kind of, the style is not, uh, it's, it's kind of like a, a series of vignettes rather than one, um, super uh dramatic plot however it, it does have a it, it does definitely has has a plot but the plot is more along the lines of um you know a, a very real like thing i'm sorry i'm, I'm trying to no, no problem. I'm trying to articulate it but way um like uh the, the, the plot's sort of um every day you know, it's it's a kind of mundane things happen. Uh, there's a well, I don't know, but but then the what the beauty, like where the magic happens, is in the in the little moments. Right. Um, it's, it's it's really funny. It's like deeply funny. It's um, 
I don't know. I, I'm trying to figure out how to how to sum it up without giving anything away. Well, also, yeah, no, um, that's good. That's good. We don't we don't want any spoilers, but it sounds like I mean, you, you I think I think psychedelic comedy kind of says it all, doesn't it? Yeah, I'm very very proud of my performance in it, and I it's very very close to my heart. Uh, I can't wait till it comes out. I'm really proud of Vanessa for putting it together. It should be done a little bit later this year. Um, and we're going to do everything. It's super, super indie because we basically just did it ourselves. But uh, we're but those were always, those are always the fun ones. Yeah, yeah. It's a, everyone put their heart into it, and um, I can't wait till it comes out. <laughs> and that's and that's called when we burn out. Um, and, when we burn out, right? Yeah. And now, what about we the coyotes? Uh, that one was filmed last summer in Los Angeles. Um, it's a uh, well, it's an indie. It, it was made by uh, two French directors. They had two directors. Uh, they were uh, husband and wife, actually. Um, they were from France, but the movie itself was not in French. It was um, it was in English and stuff. And the cast was primarily American. Um, it's a it's a love story, kind of a relationship movie based loosely on their own experiences of. Uh, what it was like when they first moved to LA. I I haven't seen it yet. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing it all together. Yeah, I I played a pretty. It's a, it was a pretty secondary part, but it was a it was a fun part. You know, I, I played one of the one of the people they met when they moved there. So I guess like a I don't know <laughs> a dynamic <laughs> LA person. <laughs> uh, it was fun. I I've. I don't know. I'm, I can tell by your voice that you had a good time making this film. Yeah. Yeah, it was fun. We filmed it at this, like, old house um, in, um, I think it was West Hollywood. I don't know. And, yeah, I met some really cool people. Um, now, talk to so, me. Talk- yeah. Talk to me a little bit about this too, because you, you mentioned French, and I was going to ask you. So I, of course, I'm a, I'm a, I grew up being a, a big fan of the uh, the Before Sunrise and trilogy and all that. And I was mm-hmm. thinking about Jilly Delpy about something you said earlier. So while these movies were being made, obviously you were very very young. Um, but mm-hmm. do you what memories do you have? Were you ever present? I know that all the, all of them were shot, of course, abroad and and things like that. But I was wanting to know what was it like for you uh, knowing or you know while these films were being made. Were you a part of the process at all? Were you a witness or, or bore witness to the process? What was that like for you? Uh, well, I I wouldn't be um, the first before sun. Right, before sunrise was made when I was under one year old, oh, so right. I right, of I don't remember that one. <laughs> but um, I I was uh, let's see that the sequel um, was made when I was I was about ten. Right. Um, they filmed it in Paris, so yeah, I, I went to Paris that summer with my family, and uh, that was really that was cool. I mean, I was around. Uh, I. I was on the sets of his movies growing up. Um, my earliest memory of being on one of his sets was uh, mm, suburbia. I was four, and I I was I would roller skate around the set. Um, <laughs> that was that was fun. It was really fun, um, and I I liked I liked the set of Noon Boys. I believe I was six or so because uh, it was a period piece. 
So right. it was like stepping back into time. Um, was that your first time to Paris when you guys went to, uh, when you went for the sequel? Yeah. Yeah. I, I loved, I loved it. I was, I was very into history at the time. Um, we went to Versailles and I, I loved it cause I was, I was, uh, studying like kind of a nerd for like the, the, uh, French revolution right. and, um, all that stuff. So, so what I was, what I was studying at that time was, uh, it was cool to see the place where it actually happened. And, uh, I liked all the medieval architecture in, in Paris. Um, I love Europe because it's so, so very, very ancient. Um, there's just like the time is so the, the, the layers and the, places and I don't know for it's, sure it's, it's different here um I like uh, well, something I, I like to try to capture in my art is um is text like texture uh that would would give the effect of, of time and age and things dissipating and uh coming back and decay and layers and layers and layers and that's well, that's something I, I. It also translates to my my sense of style. I like the punk style because I like, I like la- things being layered, right. not necessarily like winter clothes that are layered, but like complex, um, you know, complex facets of one thing. For sure, are there any, <laughs> are there any plans for you to? Um display the art in more of a of, of a public setting as, as some sort of exhibition or some sort of like gallery or permanent collection uh, anytime soon <laughs> i would like to have it. yeah um well yeah later this month um in august i'm having a i'm having a show a pretty probably the most legit show of my career uh up to now it's um, going to be at the Austin School of Film on um, Tillery in Austin. It's a uh, it's it's on the east side of Austin. It's a uh, a big room. It's going to have yeah, well, um, a great majority of um, the art I've done in my adult life. Um, there'll be a lot of stuff there. Lots of prints. Lots of um, lots of originals. I have two two pretty much completely separate branches of work. One of them was, is the one I was discussing earlier, the, um, the real, like landscapes, realistic landscapes. And then I've also been doing this abstract stuff, which is completely the opposite. It's, I'm, I'm a Gemini, so I like to attribute <laughs> it to that, you know, <laughs> right, right. multi-personalities. Uh, but yeah, it'll be, a big space so they'll be later uh, she's got an art show coming so much uh, for joining us this week it's been a great talking Thank with you talking with you again uh, I said we really enjoyed talking with you last year um, yeah uh, uh, for bomb city the Dallas International Film Festival so uh, again love to have you back on again soon uh, when these films become uh, more available and uh, we should definitely should talk again soon for sure. Well, thank you so much, Roy. Thank you, Laura Lee. We'll talk again soon. You too. Bye. Bye-bye. Hey, folks. This is Brian O'Halloran. You might know me from such iconic classic films as Clerks, Mallrats, Chasing Amy, Vulgar. Anyway, you're listening to Tricky Kid Radio.
Hi, this is Marilyn Gigliotti. Most people know me as Veronica from Clerks. It ain't 37. Tricky Kid Radio with Roy Turner. Hey, everybody. This is actor musician Scott Schiaffo, best known from the Kevin Smith films Clerks and Vulgar. You are listening to Tricky Kid Radio with Roy Turner. Oh, wow. Nice to hear from her. Um, you know, her performance in Boyhood was really entertaining. That was a great movie. Yeah, yeah it was like watching, like, like time-lapse uh, photography or something, you know, like yeah. when, they, when they film something. Uh, if, if you're just joining us, we just, we were having Laura Lee Linklater. Uh, she's an actress that was uh, in Bomb City. She was in, again, the movie Boyhood we just, we just mentioned. Uh, and she's got an, actually an art gallery, uh, or art exhibition coming up, rather, that's going to be uh, shown for the rest of the year at New Republic Studios, which is right outside of Austin, Texas, in a town called Elgin. But I wanted to talk about her performance. Um, Lauren, you said you had just you just saw Boyhood. What, yes. Okay. Now, what what was what were your thoughts on it? I really liked it. I think um, after watching it, it made me like try to think about my childhood from yeah. the very beginning, and you know, until me like going to college, like they did. Um, it was a really good movie. You just it was relatable. Okay. There's a lot of stuff that I saw that I'm like, okay, I remember going through that phase. Or, yeah, for sure. Yeah, or like, you know, having to deal with problems like that or just being like frustrated with your parents or just like not knowing why some stuff happened like as a child because yeah, you're a child. For sure. And also, if you just joined us, you probably have heard a a new uh, but familiar voice. Uh, again, I said joining us uh, for the second half of the program, of course, is my better half, uh, Jocelyn. And, and Jocelyn, like you said, you 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 really enjoyed this movie, and I, I was glad that you did. Uh, tell me specifically what you thought about Laura Lee in this film. Uh, well, she it was nice to see, like like Lauren was saying, the the progression um, and and how. The, the the actor kind of can't, you can see that their face is changing know, and they're weird, growing up right? and that was really fun and it was you know one of my favorite scenes is that like at the very beginning when she's a little girl um annoying her little brother right. and i had a little brother as well yeah. um so it just it brought me back to that dynamic and it was kind of heartwarming to for watch. sure but also not to mention but but Groundbreaking because that had never been done before. You know, I mean, I mean, and think about this: nobody knew about it. Like, keep. I mean, one thing you guys can really appreciate about that film, and I probably might have should have mentioned this before you watched it. And if you happen to watch it again, which is again, it is it is long, and sometimes it takes several settings to settings to do it, is that nobody knew that he was doing that. So it wasn't like, hey, man, how's that? How's that? project of yours coming along okay yeah. nobody knew it but those actors why there's not very many people in it because you know the more people you tell you know and that's as you heard her her talking about in the interview is i asked her i said what did you think y'all were doing like i mean did you ever ask him like dad where you know where's my movie coming out or in you know because you know when she was younger she had no concept of, of it but when they were doing this they would just they would film something each year like every year, it was almost kind of like kind of like a family family you know reunion. Like, hey, we're going to get together for maybe a couple of weeks or or maybe even a week and shoot stuff. And they did that every single year for twelve years and told no one. That's such a cool concept. Yeah, yes. yeah. And it's so crazy you said that because like when I was watching it, I'm like, okay, I was as they were getting older, I was like really trying to pay attention. I'm like, these are the same actors. Like, this is still sam this is still mason like yeah. they're just older and i'm like 
it must have took them like a long time to do this but i'm like it makes so much sense since you say that yeah i'm like yeah i was wondering exactly like how did they do that or they really just got good actors that looked just like but i was like yes that's them and so i think it helped it you know what if what if the actor what if what if five years in what if 10 years in this actor got big and was like oh i don't need your bullshit little you know little art house project i'm on to something else to signing somebody up for a 12 year that's a commitment so having his daughter you know she's committed for life so you know (laughs) so that's good you know so so maybe that was that was uh you know an investment in that regard but isn't that amazing that for 12 years that they all kept their mouths shut and her kids now that, it, that the actual boyhood movie lasted for the entire span of that child's boyhood yes it's pretty incredible, incredible it's yeah incredible. uh and speaking of incredible uh like i said I, you guys should definitely should check out new republic studios jossie and i had the uh pleasure of touring it uh it's uh proprietor and also the director of it is a how awesome is mindy raymond benson like I love her. She's got a great personality. She's super down to earth and very friendly. And I enjoyed the tour when she took us out there um, in the back lots. For sure. And and Mindy's a great actress on her own right. She uh, has been in a lot of stuff. Like if you're ever in the in the aisle at uh, at your favorite department store and you see those like family friendly movies, uh, like you know, like this one's called was it pa- uh, Paula and uh, and the Pound? I think that's what it's called. And it's you know kind of like a girl and her dog kind of thing. And she also is the if you've seen the recent Southwest Airlines commercial, she's the she's the flight attendant. And, oh, okay, and that. yes. Uh, just a great, great person. I, I told her that she could take Kelly Ripa's job, right? Couldn't she? <laughs> oh yeah, because <laughs> she's like fun sized and with what with the the contrast of all this exploding energy, without the weirdness that Kelly Ripa can, can, can <laughs> intense, without the kind of the awkwardness of it all. But I, uh, but she is so fantastic, and uh, and that whole that whole situation. And she's also a great. Um, she's an activist in terms of she's a lobbyist where she um, is on the, the, the Texas Film Commission board and she lobbies at the legislative level about getting uh, you know tax cuts for Texas filmmakers who make movies in Texas and that's why the studio is so important is because it, you know it's to encourage people for tourism to you know to make movies here to, you know to to to, uh, to keep your money here um, Georgia is kind of the leading place for in terms of, of tax cuts for for filmmakers so if you've ever seen a movie you might have seen the very end you'll see that it says Georgia and it's got the peach at the end that's mm-hmm. why uh, so she is trying to show that Texas is just as good if not better and man it's like right outside of the city limits so you can kind of blow shit up and do whatever you want <laughs> and, and, and live there you can live on the premises so it's a very unique uh, thing and now you'll be able to see uh, original artwork from again our special guest this week Laura Lee Linklater uh, a few more thoughts on New Republic Jossie while we were there um, well, while we were there, they were actually shooting um, a thriller, right? A it's kind like a horror, of a, like a horror, a horror movie. movie. Yeah, yeah. And um, it is the perfect place for that. There, it's off in the woods, um, and, and you also have a creek flowing in the back. So there's an infinite amount of uh, ideas and settings that you could use. There's a nice meadow with like wildflowers, and, and of course, you've got the big Texas sky. Yeah. It was really beautiful. It was a, a really nice to walk through the the grounds and and also that that big huge uh, green screen. Oh yeah, it was so, it's it was huge. So, it was so fun, and we did an interview there in front of it and all that. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was, it was 
amazing how big that was. Because you know you've seen it before. I mean, I mean you. I mean, again, you've probably done some modeling in your life, and and you know how they have like the 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 white yes drop. They have the green screen or have that big long white thing where they take your pictures and stuff. Yes, yes. Okay, it's like the biggest one, like in Texas. And they did they say that it's like it's oh really yeah it's, it's huge yeah. It's like a Walmart like size thing. <laughs> I'm gonna have to see this. Well, here's where you can see it. Nice segue yeah. there, Lauren. <laughs> Thank you. Is if you go again to our YouTube channel, uh, we actually have a whole video tour that we did with Mindy, uh, where she walked us through. We hopped in her uh, SUV and she drove us out into the woods and showed us all around. And we did an interior and an exterior. Uh, we kind of did a hard hat tour and um, and also if you look on our my personal Facebook page, my uh, my covered you know, the, the long one not the profile but the long one is you and i uh jossie chilling on that swing and you can kind of get a feel of, of how beautiful it is out there so uh so 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 check that out again like i said um uh new republic studios right outside austin texas uh and and look up mindy raymond benson she's so awesome um again want to thank all uh of our guests i'm gonna play uh, i got one more song here then we're gonna come back with some final thoughts um it's kind of in keeping with the theme here. Like I said, we had Liz O'Connor earlier. She's a children's artist, and this were this inclusive thing about women. So I'm going to deviate just for a second, but I think you'll see where it'll fit the theme. Is it uh, one of my favorite, all-time favorite bands, and and have become great friends of mine, and I've been kind of a, an extended member of of their uh, organization and family for over 20 years as the rock band Clutch, and they celebrate the uh, the release of their new album that just came out uh, this past Friday. The album is called Book of Bad Decisions. They will actually will be here in Dallas on September 21st uh, at, at the Gas Monkey Bar and Grill. Uh, actually, I'm sorry, the Gas Monkey Live. There's you know there's there's two Gas Monkeys. There's these dueling doing monkeys uh, you have gas monkey live which is kind of the lower outdoor one and you have the live one which is a little more um a little more put together there but anyway um still be there i'll be there it'll be great you also uh and i'll come back with some more appearances but they actually the last song on that new album is actually my favorite and it's actually called laura lee so for forgive me it's Probably not about her, but what a perfect way to play my favorite song off this new album. So this is from the album Book of Bad Decisions from the Mighty Clutch. Welcome them them back. This is Laura Lee.
Okay, well, this is Sam Jones Flash Gordon. I'm with Roy Turner at Tricky Kid Radio, and you better be tuning in.
or I will find you. Yes, I will. Yes. Oh, I like that. You know, I've heard some Clutch songs before, and they're a little bit heavier rock style, right? Yeah, this is yeah. a little bit more laid back, a little more soulful, maybe. But still fits the, yeah, but it still fits the Clutch uh, dynamic. What, yeah. Lauren, what did you think? I think it's a pretty cool song. I can see myself just like relaxing and chilling to this at the house. Well, that's cool. Well, were you familiar with Clutch beforehand? Um, no, this is actually my first time hearing them. Oh, wow. So here's what I love, because cause you're now going to become this, your, your new addiction is now Clutch, you <laughs> yes. see. And when people, like, you know, like years from now, and you're going to say, what was the first Clutch song you heard? Everyone's going to say, Oh, I bet it was probably, you know, The Mob Goes Wild or, you know, the songs that everybody knows or Escape from the Prison Planet. You're going to go, no, actually, it was that weird one from like their <laughs> their later album, Laura Lee. Yes, so. Laura Lee, can't forget it. And that's cool, too, because Jossie Hexie has some, not to digress, but uh, we did, we, I am obsessed uh, with, with Prince and Prince is my favorite thing in the world and so obviously to celebrate his 60th birthday we did an episode which is in our archives i encourage everyone to go check that out we had a lot of great artists we had ingrid chavez who plays his love interest in graffiti bridge she was on the show and i've wait i've like i created this podcast just so i could speak to ingrid chavez so that was a, a great goal there but i talk about that was because when people talk about Prince, everyone's favorite Prince record, of course, is Purple Rain or whatever. And, and, or even some of the alternatives might be like Sign of the Times or, or 1999. This one here, her favorite is Musicology from 2004. <laughs> Musicology isn't anyone's favorite Prince record. It's but, a good one. But not that it really shouldn't good. be. Not yeah. that it shouldn't be. But she just didn't get turned on to it till later. It's true. So better, it's okay. <laughs> better late than never. Yeah, yeah. And I'll say the same for you, Lauren. Better late than never. Now, yeah. now you're on the clutch board. Now, yeah, you see. So okay. So again, uh, final thoughts here. Um, so again, uh, Lauren, I wanted you to to kind of also share with us a little bit. Is that we now know what the show's going to be about. We know your inspiration behind it. Uh, we kind of have an idea. Uh, but I did want to know is that for you is there is there anything that going into this did you have any trepidations were there any fears that you had um, and when you execute the actual episodes what what really goes into that for you let me think yeah Sorry. I think what I'm most fearful about is just um, people just being comfortable to talk right um i don't want um there to be a situation where i just like have someone that is just like um i guess i don't make them feel comfortable enough that they will be able to share them share their stories so i just feel like um i always want to continue to be a personable person right. for my guests another thing that is um that i've always just been concerned about um I guess it's just like people liking, you know, the topics that that I'm putting out there. Um, I just want, you know, my hard work to be like a prize. Right. So that's that's basically all of my fears. I'm like, for the most part, like calm about everything. I never try to just like make a big deal about too much. Yes, I'm just like whatever happens happens. It's the way it's supposed to be. So. Just like learn from your obstacles. Well, yeah. Uh, personally, I'm really excited about your topic, and I can't wait to listen to it when it comes out. Thank you. Um, and I don't think you'll have any 
trouble, you know, with a future guest because I feel like this is something that people want to talk about. Like women are itching to tell their story and have, you know, conversations about it. And, you know, there's a lot of stuff um, out there or in our worlds that just doesn't get voiced. You know, it's kind of an invisible land um, that needs to be spoken about and given form to. Um, So I'm excited about it. And, And my question is just that, you know, when do I get to hear about it and when do we get to listen to it and when are the, the first episodes coming out? Yeah. <laughs> so um, I said earlier, like, um, in the fall, that's yeah. what I'm really hoping for. Um, that's where an, everyone will have access to the episodes and I just, like, cannot wait to get it out there. And I think you said something about um, the guests on your show. Um, are you thinking about having them be uh, uh, anonymous? Is that what you said? Yes. That's, um, good. that's a good question. Thank you. Yeah, so I was thinking um, about having the guests be anonymous. I just feel like that um, will help the girls be more comfortable to share their stories, so um, is, not is, feel is judged. A, that is an option for them then. Okay, yes. Okay, that's a good question. Yes, um, just because I know like some of the some of the stuff that we'll be discussing, I don't think that everyone knows about, and I am assuming that some of it will be like um a little secretive just like you know like the skeletons in my closet um type of thing that you might not want your mom to hear or you know anyone so i just want to give them that option that it's just like you know you don't have to put your i want you to put your story out there but you don't have to put your name out there or put you out there because unless they're plugging something what would really be the the point of them yes you know disclosing their or sacrificing their privacy sure unless they were you know trying to to plug something or or or, or sell something yes. you know what i mean so so it's just i just want the girls to feel comfortable and just know that they can trust me with the information that they're giving me and just know that i will like present it in the best way possible and Justin, you brought up a, a great point too is that you said how you don't think anyone's going to have any problems you don't have any problem because one is because again you know people are kind of needing to tell this and there's not really a good format for it exactly. but number but number two lauren you're born to do this mm-hmm. Justin, am i right i mean like yeah this is like thank you because the three of us i mean how comfortable and, and just fun and like i said not all the times you know this is a lot harder than it sounds folks out there because <laughs> We were talking a while ago how sometimes you get people on here and kind of go, oh, man, I want to be a guest on your show. And they jump on. I'm like, all right. And I stick a microphone in their face. And it's just kind of like, you know, ribbit. I, I, <laughs> I use the WB frog analogy. I don't know if you know what that is. But uh, but there was a, uh, there was a, a, an old cartoon where this, this guy's trying to – he discovers a singing frog and he's trying to sell it. and But the frog only will sing to him, you see. And so when he's like – takes it to the people that would, you know, spend a lot, buy a lot of, you know, money on a, on a singing frog, he just goes, ribbit. <laughs> and I've had some talkative motherfuckers on the show in real life come on here and be, be the WP frog. <laughs> Again, I want to thank uh, my guest, Laura Lee Linklater. I want to thank my uh, co-host, ladies, thank you so much. Of course, my better half, Jossie, to my left. Uh, Lauren Dedman, uh, man, awesome, awesome, awesome. Again, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you on, on the interwebs? Yeah, so my Facebook is Lauren Dedman, and then my Instagram is I am Lauren D. How t- that's pretty strong, right? Yeah, Jossie, I like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jossie, where can they fi- find you on the interwebs? Uh, well, if you want to find me, I can be on, you can, I can be found on Instagram, J-O-C-E-I-6. 
the number six. Perfect. Okay. And again, the show is called Rated XL. It debuts this fall. Uh, the host course here is Lauren Dedman. We hope to have you back and have you back on yes, this show very, very soon. Uh, if you want to look for us, the, Miles is trying to say hello to you all out there. Uh, <laughs> as soon as he can speak, I'm going to have him do my intro. He's going to go, you're listening to Tricky Kid Radio. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're actually going to be at the Fan Expo, the big uh, the big sci-fi comic convention uh, in October. That's at the Irving Convention Center. We'll be doing this very show from the floor. And Jossie, you know, I found out today that, you, you know, uh, one thing you, you, you oh. wouldn't picture her being is that Jossie's a big Star Trek geek, okay? I didn't know it either. <laughs> and for those who didn't see it, she just did the whole live long and prosper with the split your fingers thing because she can do that. And she can do that because she's a big geek, you see. I love it. I love it. You're the sexiest nerd I've ever seen. Oh, okay. thank you. Uh, so, 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 and it's your Star Trek, too. It's the next generation people are going to be there. So, <laughs> I was going to ask you to do it, and she did it. She, my, my girl speaks Klingon fluently. Did you hear that? Did you see her? I did just, hear that. I like that. <laughs> uh, and so we're going to be there. It's in October. I think it's October night, the weekend of October the nineteenth. Uh, so come on out, say hello, uh, and uh, don't be shy. My uh, alter ego DJ Tricky Kid. You can look for all dates on uh, on our website. Again, look for us on our website at trickykid.com. That's tricky-kid.com. We'll have links to to Lauren's show. We'll have pictures and of everything that we're talking about, uh, and links all around to make it all easy for you. Again, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes at Tricky Kid Radio Podcast. Once again, ladies, I thank you so much for joining us. Yes, thank you. Thank you. And as always, I'm Roy Turner, and we will see you next week.